Well, if there is a uh, an issue that unites our community, <laughs> you're always looking for things to unite our community, right? A lot of people think of Israel as a good uniter. I think Israel is, in fact, a good unifier. But uh, tuition and um, the difficulty in dealing with it uh, might be, in fact, an even greater unifier. Maury Litwack is with us. Few people know uh, uh, these types of areas in our community better than he does. He is executive director of the OU's Teach Advocacy Network, and he joins us live via telephone. Maury, welcome back to JM in the AM. Great to be on, Uncle. I appreciate uh, you having me on, especially on this critical issue. I thank you for that. You know, I mean, I, I saw a couple of articles, and I know that there's been some criticism that people, you know, have stayed away or haven't really, you know, the crowds haven't swelled when the issue of uh, tuition in yeshiva is being addressed. But frankly, you know, to be fair to the consumer, I, I think a lot of people feel we've just been beat up already on this topic, and a lot of people feel there's no hope down the road. There's no no light at the end of the tunnel, so to speak. Do you have any you have any sympathy for the average uh, family and the average consumer that they might feel a bit down about the whole issue? Well, I, I am an average consumer. I have four kids in yeshiva. Wow. So uh, you know, I, I struggle just like everyone else does. My my parents struggled. Uh, you know, this is this issue's been going on a long time. So we you know we we've been dealing with it for for far far too long. Yeah, that's why I say that sometimes people, you know, just feel a bit exasperated. And if there isn't a large attendance at an event like that, it doesn't surprise me, frankly, as critical an issue as it is. If you know what I mean. Right. Well, I mean, look, I, I, I think, I think there's, there's two things. There's the past, and then there's the present. And, and I went back and I looked, and in 1997 there was massive discussion in our community about the tuition crisis. And some of the same things you're hearing today, you heard 20 years ago right. about it being, you know, a form, a, a form of birth control in the community, uh, kids having to go to public school, right. uh, it being a retirement and savings crisis for those who've already been in the system, just, just, just the same types of things. So people are, I think people are tired, but at the same time, recently, two things happened in our community. One was that there was a survey about a month and a half ago where 97% of the community said it's the number one issue. And the second thing that happened is there was an article that went viral, shared by over 30,000 people, you know, by an anonymous father saying that he couldn't, he couldn't live, live from anymore. So this still resonates. Oh, there's no question. It resonates. Are you kidding? It's certainly the number one issue. I agree. I just think some people feel there's just nothing to be done. I mean, tell us about some of the accomplishments. And I know that I think if I'm right, you'll tell me if I'm right. I think in New York, there's been even greater success than in New Jersey. What are some of the areas where there has been progress in terms of trying to defray cost of yeshiva tuition? Right. Well, look, when a product costs too much money, I mean, I think you have to look at it from two angles. One is a reduction of, of, of the product, the cost of the product, and the other is, is, is increased revenue. And I think in the, there's a lot of different models for, 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 for Jewish day schools. And when it comes to the actual increased revenue, um, I think the government funding is the only outside funding in the system. So every dollar that the government contributes is a dollar that we as a community are, are, are not contributing. It's a dollar that you are not contributing. Right. And I think that's, that's fantastic. So in, in the last four and a half, five years, uh, there was an effort made by our organization to try to change the math and change the, the, uh, the impact in, you know, in terms of what government funding has, has been able to accomplish. I think the greatest thing we've done is a uh, before we were around there was absolutely zero security guard funding in our yeshivas, and that's something that we've been able to implement basically nationwide. And in New York, in particular, the, the great success and big accomplishment that we just achieved was that for the first time in American history, 
the state of New York passed legislation to reimburse yeshivas and other non-public schools for the cost of science, technology, and engineering and math teachers. It's a small amount to start, but it is a statement by New York saying we want to invest in your kids. Do you think do you think New York's an exception because of the yeshiva population or other states can make progress in that area as well? Well, it's funny and that's why that's why we're out there speaking about this issue because I think when when we started in New York, people told me don't waste your time. People told me four and a half, five years ago, they said that state New York's the last place you should go because obviously it's 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 got sixty percent of the yeshiva kids, hundred and fifty thousand yeshiva kids. It's the last place to bother with because if something could have been done, we would have done it a long time ago. And now since we actually accomplished this major victory, which I think is actually better than vouchers, since we accomplished this major victory, now that now I'm hearing a lot of com- talk in the community that, well, you could do that in New York, can you do that other places? And I, and I think the reason why we accomplished it in New York is because a group of people got together and said, enough is enough, it's, it's the number one issue, we're going to apply ourselves and our co-hosts to this like never before, and, and people, 600 people showed up in Albany, which is the largest number to ever come from our community to a state capitol, I mean, that, that, this stuff, that, that, that's how we got this done. So I, I don't think that New York is, is the exception to the rule. I think New York is the model. Right. Maury Litwax with us, executive director of the OU's Teach Advocacy Network. Uh, your, the, the homepage of the website, teachadvocacy.org, has a sign-up where people can uh, you know, get email updates, etc. Does that list continue to grow? Is there enthusiasm there? Yeah, I think there's a lot of enthusiasm, but... but what I do and what I'm doing when I speak about this, this is I'm, I'm always comparing what we do to another group, a group called New York Class in, in, uh, in New York City. And New York Class has twice, twice as many, um, twice as many uh, people signed up, uh, probably 10 times as many activists as I have, and a lot more enthusiasm and excitement. And New York Class is not some major labor union or some major business. It's, it's an advocacy group that's trying to end the use of horse carriages in New York City. Mm. So, you know, when you compare, when you compare us, hundred, you know, in New York and New Jersey, that's, that's 70, 70%, close to 70% of the Yeshiva Day School population in the country. You compare those numbers to New York Class, a, an animal rights group, we, we, we don't compare. So, yes, the number is growing, but not where we need to be. Let me ask you a question, a, a practical one, you know, drawing on your experience. Um, if not for the security payments, the security subsidies, and the, the STEM uh, subsidies that you just mentioned for those who, you know, are instructors in those, in those departments in different yeshivas, would yeshiva tuition on average for sure have gone up in New York? In other words, can you, can you almost demonstrate a correlation between these grants and yeshiva tuition in certain areas holding? Yeah, I mean, look, I think, I think a lot, number of schools have recognized that, and the schools will tell any, 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 um, anyone who asks, which is that if that money doesn't come in, um, you know, it's, 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 it's terrible for the yeshivas and it makes a big impact. I mean, in, in Pennsylvania, we, we have an operation. I think I, I've heard from at least three yeshivas that would close automatically if the government funding ended. The entire, so the think, entire think, school would again, close. Again, it's really important to understand that money, it, it, if not for, for the government uh, investing and, and, and saying and partnering and saying that we care about your kids, that's money that we'd have to fundraise for. So when we ran a big ad campaign in Florida where we have an operation also, we said we generated $19 million for uh, the Shiva system last year, and if not for that $19 million, the community would have to raise $19 million. In New York, it's $150 million. So, yeah, I mean, that, that, money, that, money, that money would have to come from somewhere. It's a lot of money, $150 million. Wow. And, um, and there are schools, by the way, and a lot of people in this audience may not realize it because a lot of us are associated with pretty – 
you know, stable and larger schools. There are schools that are on the brink. There are schools that teeter in terms of uh, able to exist, you know, one year to the next. So when you say that, when you say they considered closing, it's not being dramatic; it's being accurate. Yeah, and it's also it's also very important for for the community to understand that what we get asked for is not just to keep costs, sustain costs, lower costs, but we also want people want to improve quality. So when you look at something like STEM funding, that's us. Uh, that, that's that's the schools and the community trying to have its cake and eat it too. And I think that is possible. Which is the STEM funding is about improving is about investing in STEM education for our kids, which improves the product and helps our kids and helps our kids get good jobs. So it's not just about, you know, you can slash and slash, but you've, you've got to, we want to keep quality, you know, at a premium, and we want education to be the very best, just like any other, just like any other parent. Maury Litwack with us via telephone, executive director of the OU's Teach Advocacy Network. All right, Maury, you have this audience, and I'm sure a lot of people uh, I'm sure a lot of people's interest has been piqued, as has mine, uh, during this conversation. What do you recommend? I assume, number one, uh, go to teachadvocacy.org. If you're not signed up, sign up immediately. What else can you tell everybody out there? Well, I always see, look, I always tell people that I, I, I love the, the people say, what can they do, Maury? And I said, I love the three Ds. I love doers, donors, and door openers. Hmm. Because when I spoke, when I spoke in Queens uh, and, and about this topic, I had 10, 10 uh, parents sign up to come to Albany. Those are doers. When I, when, I, when I did this conversation in Jersey, some, uh, someone went online and wrote a check for $18. That's a donor. And when, when, I, did this, this, when, when I did this discussion on the east side, someone said, hey, here's two yeshivas you should be talking to, and that's a door opener. So I, I think there's things that people can do and contribute to this effort in a meaningful way um, if, they, if they want. But, again, I just, I just think that people have to understand. That's why I'm out there talking about it, that there's something working. We're generating revenue into the system, and if you speak to a yeshiva administrator or you speak to someone who's been involved in this issue for a long time, pretty much I think every article that's been written on this, there's, there is in that article saying that government funding has to be part of the solution. And so that's, that's happening. I had never had a down year in government funding. I don't plan on having a down year, and I can have much more up years if people get involved. 2018 could be even bigger than 2017. Oh, Absolutely. Uh, all right, and uh, information, I guess the website has information about all three Ds that you just described, right? Correct. Go to, um, uh, go to, um, uh, give me the website. Go to teach, teachadvocacy.org. Teachadvocacy, there it is. Teachadvocacy.org. Maury Litwack is executive director of the OU's Teach Advocacy Network. Thank you. On behalf of thousands of parents, thank you for continuing this amazing battle. No, I appreciate it, and, and if, if, if we just want people to get involved, do not stand on the sidelines. If it's the number one crisis in the community, come, be involved, be active, help us resolve it. Yeah, if it's the number one crisis, let's treat it like the number one crisis. TeachAdvocacy.org, Maury Litwack, great job. Wednesday morning broadcast, you're listening to JM in the AM. <laughs>